0: Psychomedy is brought to you by ThreadUp, Manchester-based therapy that supports creativity.
1: I'm Rafaela Nunes, the founder of ThreadUp and the counsellor supporting the creative community. Comedians and creatives in general can experience anxiety, depression, low moods, and this in turn can affect their creativity. One-to-one counselling can facilitate a safe space for creatives to explore any difficulties, to gain self-awareness, to develop strategies that work, and ultimately, to create choices that are aligned with the natural creative flow. If you're in need of support, then please get in touch.
0: Visit threadup.co.uk to book your counselling sessions at reduced rates when you quote psychomedy. I'm Nathan Cassidy, Stand-Up Comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology from Bristol University, a first, a degree I've almost entirely forgotten but it gives a tiny bit of credibility to me discussing the psychology of Stand-Up Comedy with today's very special guest, the brilliant comedian and impressionist Luke Kempner. Luke, hello. Hello, Hello. Hello. hi, hi.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me. No worries.
0: So, as usual, in Psychomedy... I am sitting here with Luke and we won't be looking at each other in the eye. Much as I want to, for the duration of the interview. Luke is relaxed here on his sofa, his corner sofa. Mm-hmm. In his uh, beautiful North London house. we will be man. no more specific than that. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm always in. So you seem, I've known you a couple of years, you seem mm. you seem a happy person. You seem very well balanced. Yes. Um, is, that, uh, is that true? Are you happy and well balanced? Or is yeah. that a
1: mask you wear? Uh, I think, you know, I think I'm sort of very keen on everyone thinking I'm a very nice guy. <laughs> um, so I work very hard at that um i and i am i you know essentially i am but you know like i have just as much angst and worries as ev- everyone else but I, I always like to think that you know if i come away from any sort of job and people go it looks really nice mm. then then I'm, I'm doing the right thing you know i i make sure that i work very very hard um and so i'm always on time and all that sort of thing mm. um because i just think you know why why not those are things yeah. that you're in control of Mm. Um, So why not, um, you know, take control of them?
0: And is there anything you do in terms of taking care of your mind more than just uh, in terms of meditation or any other therapy or anything like that? Yeah,
1: especially in Edinburgh. Like in Edinburgh every day, I've got a brilliant app, the Calm app, Mm. um, which I meditate for 10 minutes every day before a show, um, which is brilliant. And the the great thing about the Calm app, uh, it sounds like I'm doing an advert for it, but the great thing about it is there's so many different um, uh, guided meditations on there and um you know for all sorts of things but it just helps me to to just sort of be at one with the breath and and not be thinking about uh, you know why dave's got six stars on his poster and i can just think about being at one and uh, and then go and do my show and then after that you can fill yourself with the edinburgh blues again if you want to or all or, or the highs you know like you know i remember coming into edinburgh uh, my Edinburgh Just Gone oh. where they were like you know I'd got an amazing review and I was bouncing off the walls and it was incredible and I couldn't wait to do the show but doing the meditation as well still just gets you back to uh, mm. sort of neutral and be able to go and do the show the way you would have done it before you knew about the review and and then you'll do just as good a show each time then oh, That's great So how are you generally feeling before, before a show? Um, I get quite nervous before um, yeah before doing a show but mainly because like, I love it, but you always have that... It's a pressure of... It's you for an hour. You know, like I, I used to be in musical theatre and you you were playing 3,000 people when I was doing Les Mis, but you only had a... You had, you were a part of a, a massive production where, like, even in Edinburgh, it might be 150 people, but it, it's you... It's, it's all down to you. Mm. And if you decide... Oh I can't do this and uh, I'm scared like you know then the show doesn't happen. Mm. Um so do you ever you know, get those feelings that
0: I can't do this and you're that scared or ha- I mean what's your level of nerves?
1: I have those feelings of oh I like basically like so I was doing um i did love island after sun on sunday and, and did uh, impressions of the islanders on after Sun. i know that after sun gets you know 1.8 million viewers yeah. so i was you know it was big pressure it's live right yeah you know so it's live there's no chance of it like you know what's happening there is into people's front rooms yeah. so you know and as far as that i was sort of like there, i was thinking in the morning like oh just if only i sort of didn't have to do it <laughs> um but i knew that You know, I'd worked very hard on it and I knew that if it went well, it would mean good things. Um, And I knew that what I was booked to do, I was um, confident I could deliver on that. Um, So, but, you know, the pressure of sort of, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could just sort of get all the reward without actually doing the job? (laughs) Um, But, you know, you but then you there's no choice in that. You have to do it. Um, And it's great once it's done. And can
0: you find that space before a TV gig in, in
1: terms of meditation or anything else like that? I tend not to with TV gigs, which is, it's weird really because I feel, I don't know why. And I've I've often thought to myself, you know, why do you not do that? I mean, I pace around a lot oh. um, and I'll often, you know, do some 7-11 breathing, which is like in for seven and out for 11. Yeah. Um, but often I don't feel the same sort of nerves before doing a, sh- a live show for an hour. I just sort of feel like, I feel like my brain goes, you've got no choice but to be on your game right now. Mm. Um, You know, and I've done a lot of live TV with um, Big Brother's bit on the side Mm. um, and had to, you just have to do it. Mm. And I almost treat it a bit like when you're emceeing a gig. Like you can't just suddenly have a panic attack um, when another act's on Mm. because you've got to go back out there and run the night. Mm. So, you know, I feel like my brain takes me into a place of like, you know, no. Now you've got to go, and you, you know, you can't. You just can't. You can't let your guard down right now.
0: Mm. It's interesting you say. And kind of my brain is, and my brain says
1: to me, "Do, do you kind of talk to yourself like that? Do you feel like you're?" I definitely do. Mm. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, I definitely let it. Um, you know, sort of think. Well, there's there's a voice talking to me, and. You know that's not necess- like like that's not necessarily the truth. So if mm. if a, my voice their voice is saying, oh you're going to be really nervous now. What what happens if you mess up? Oh God, imagine if you die like now. That would be terrible. I mean, die as in uh, mm. comedy die. Um, you know, wouldn't that be awful? And, and you know, and I think all those thoughts, but I just go, well, that's not me saying that. That's That's an unconscious mind telling me that. And then that's why, you know, before live shows, doing that meditation really helps because you just, you stop listening to that mind Mm. and you listen to your true, you, you, which is your true self.
0: Mm. And then the seconds after you start. So the last time I saw you was at the Bill Murray uh, Mm. in, in one at Angel Comedy, mm. and uh, every time I see you, you come on with a great energy. Mm. Is that a kind of deliberate thing in terms of here I am, and do the nerves then suddenly go straight away from, yes. from the off
1: Yeah absolutely like you know i I'm, I'm very keen to get out there and say you know i've got a lot of energy as a performer mm. um and i but i like to sort of do the lower energy stuff but i feel like i want to get out there and say to the audience this is what you're going to get right now mm. and so i go you know oh, you know, like because i want an audience to go right well, this is not just going to be a, a chilled 15 minutes yeah um, and I think a lot of that comes from sort of my theatrical background. You know, I was in um, West End shows for like four years, yeah. and so you know my background is is theatre. And I feel like you know it is a theatrical entrance. Yeah. And I used to want to deny that. I used to think, oh, you know, no, I, I'm a comedian. I'm, 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 it's just me and a microphone. It's chilled. And but then I was like, well, why deny like what you love? And and I do love the theatrical side of it. So, yeah. you know, and and the nerves definitely go as soon as I'm out there for the whole gig. Yeah, uh. which they didn't, which has not always been the case. You know, my first, when I first was doing um, my first show, which was called The Only Way is Downton, which was my first comedy show um, in 2013. And um, I remember touring that. I toured that for like two and a half years. And I remember doing that tour show in, um, you know, in America and stuff. But I remember halfway through the show being really anxious during the show and having to be on full autopilot. Um, and, you know, and I was like, the audience will never know that I'm having uh, anxiety right now. So, and
0: OK, sorry, can you explain what you mean by autopilot? I, mean, I think I, I know what you mean. but for...
1: So basically just like delivering the material, mm. but not really being in it. Yeah. You know, like my brain is going, um, oh, you need to leave the stage, you need the toilet, you need to get off stage right now. Um, this is horrendous. Uh, leave, leave now, leave now. Um, but I'm like, well, you can't because you're in the middle of a show, and all of this this conversation is happening whilst I'm still delivering the material. <laughs> and also with that show, the Downton show, it wasn't as um, stand-up-y. Uh, it was more like a theatre piece. Yeah, I wasn't in it as myself. I was in it. I played all the different characters, yeah. but I wasn't that. Like, Hi, I'm Luke Kempner. How? What's your name, sir? Uh, you know. So um, I feel like having to be. Um, so alert with the audience maybe helps to to not um me to sort of go go into myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. How do you feel that's evolved over the years in terms of being yourself? You know, you're saying starting from that Downton show in two thousand twelve, and now obviously you do a lot of impressions. Are you revealing uh, more of yourself now in your shows? Definitely.
1: You know, since starting to MC gigs about a year or a bit ago, mm. I and I the reason I, I started my own night was to do that. Yeah, because I had no choice but to get out there and be myself. Yeah. Um. So you know, I was very keen to do that because I'd started to write stuff as myself in between my sketches and my impressions. Or, you know, like I, I know you've seen me do that. I do a David Attenborough bit, which really is an observation about um, blokes meeting for the first time and why that's really awkward. Mm. But I use an impression and a sketch to sort of do that routine. Yeah. Um. And but. You know, I really, really enjoyed being myself on stage. Yeah. Because for me, you know, I'm no different how I'm on stage as I am off. Like, yeah. I'm a very friendly, you know, Tom Davis always calls me Tea Time Kempner. Because <laughs> I do feel like that's kind of me, is that kind of nice, I'm, I'll be nice to your mum kind of guy. Mm. And, um, uh, and I've enjoyed being able to do that on stage. And I think even like dealing with hecklers and stuff, you know, like being able to deal with it in a way of don't piss me off because i'm really nice and everyone else here likes me so you you know if you get on the wrong side of me then that's me and all my friends here that aren't going to like you
0: Mm.
1: Uh, it's sort of my attitude towards it
0: yeah nice Talking about hecklers, how, hmm. how have you found hecklers over the over the years? We've got a couple of bits um, yes. lined up that we might play
1: from that Bill Murray gig. Okay, so How yeah, ha, yeah. ha, have you found them generally over the years? Not too bad, really. Like, I, I genuinely, I don't mind people shouting stuff. I don't encourage it, but I don't mind people shouting stuff out because usually there's fun to be had with it. Hmm. Um, what I don't like is when people go, "You oh, shit, you know, which has happened now and again at certain gigs and it's drunk people and you just sort of go, what's that? And they go, going. Oh you fucking shit mate and then you go like oh, well alright What do you...? And, that, and that I find a lot harder to deal with than just people who are shouting out random stuff because mm. usually you can either slightly embarrass them you can slightly embellish it
0: okay well, let's have a little listen actually to your yeah. audience interaction so we've got uh, one clip lined up here well, you're doing Donald Trump, okay. and there's a nice bit of interaction here with an audience member.
1: Okay, now there's one final thing you gotta learn if you're gonna be me, okay? And you gotta learn a bit about a strain on your voice. Now, how best to explain it? Um, do you like Takeaway? Yeah. Yeah, I like Takeaway. I love Takeaway. Okay, what's your favorite takeaway? Chinese. China. China. Oh, my <laughs> China. They build a brain wall. <laughs> Oh, no, it's, you're doing great. You're fantastic. You're
0: about a nine. <laughs> so, um, as you say, most times, I, th- I guess, interactions will go like that. And, yes, um, yes. But sometimes they might go a little bit weird. Yeah. And we have another clip here later on in that night where okay. it goes a tiny bit weird. Nothing too nasty. Okay.
1: Another time it happens to me, it happened to me today, and I was in London town, Alara, right? You, you know what I mean, it, right? And I was in London town, and I suddenly needed to do toilet. Right? It's part of London. <laughs> How is that relevant? To relevant like that. What part of London? Yeah. Are you, is it like you're trying to catch me out? <laughs> Leicester Square, swear like all bar one, oh, obviously. Are you looking for tips? <laughs> Have you been caught? short? What's your name, my dear? sorry go ba ba ba. right and that's the end of that <laughs> interaction with that person I love that that's the end of that interaction but <laughs> it's like but it, you know it's like okay you want to join in so you're shouting you are like, part of London and you're like what okay you want to join in it's really weird that you've even that's that's been your heckle but then to come up with a stupid name you're just like okay right that's the end of that fun then because you're just like what you know you're trying to be you're trying to be the comedian now. Mm. Where it's like, if you want to play, we'll play. But like if you want to just be stupid, well, then we can't We can't have fun with this and the audience won't enjoy it. So I'm just like, well, oh, that's the end of that then. Yeah. Has it ever
0: been nasty? Has it ever been nasty to the point of a heckler's damaged you
1: in terms of um, uh, psychologically that, that evening or whatever? No, not no. really. I mean... You've been lucky. Yeah, I mean, or I good. suppose at corporates, like... Mm. When I first started doing corporates like three years ago, I wasn't ready to be doing them. Oh. But I was getting booked for them because of, you know, sort of any sort of telework and stuff. And, and I just wasn't really ready for them. Oh. So I wasn't ready for pissed blokes um, or women shouting shit, talking too much. Yeah. And so to explain corporates to people that may not know what you're talking about. So corporates really, they're basically companies that book their, it'll be their big do of the year. And it will often be an awards do, or it might just be a night where they've had a big dinner and a load of people have done speeches and they'll book a comedian hmm. to do 15 to 20 minutes at the end of the night because companies often think that um, people need um, to be made to laugh, where actually they often don't. <laughs> you know, they've all got... Excuse me. They've all got uh, their own sense of humour. <laughs> so they don't need people to make them laugh, but they always book a comedian. So, you know, like, and and actually now I really enjoy it. Well, I really enjoy it. I. I know how to do them now, yeah. where I didn't used to be able to do them. And, and that I found a lot harder because you're going, well, you're all talking. So it's like, other than going, can we all shut up now, please? <laughs> like, or just going, shh, 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 shh. Or like, you know, it's really difficult to know what to do in that situation because yeah. you just sort of go, well, you know, you can just go, well, i am been paid, so I'm just going to do my 15 minutes and then go off and who cares. Yeah. But, you know, as a professional, you're like, well, I still want to do a good job. Yeah. And surely there's a way of keeping these people's attention for a bit longer mm. um how do so, that how did yeah. they
0: make you feel in in the early days because i've done some corporates so yeah as I say it's uh it is it is challenging in terms oh, yeah. of them not uh, not listening to you i mean for me it, it, it did drain me mentally in oh, terms yeah. of um it was soulless it was yeah um it made me feel really bad
1: yeah i mean genuinely like i used to be a lot more nervous before them as i uh, 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 than i am now mm. i've uh, i used to you know, my way of dealing with them now is I sort of think if you have a good corporate, that can be, that would be a seven out of ten normal gig. Yeah. Where like, you're not going to have a ten out of ten gig at a corporate. Mm. Like, unless you're very lucky. Mm. So, you know, that's my way of dealing with them now. But, you know, at the time, I mean, I remember doing one for a load of um, footballers. And, um, and it was, you know, I'm a massive football fan. And it was heartbreaking because, you know, like, so Jeff Hurst there you know like scored a goal you know a hat trick in the world cup final and he's like not listening to me (laughs) talking not laughing you know like i had one bloke who was just saying shush on another microphone during my set so he's going like as i'm trying to do a set and like eventually the booker just came up to me 10 minutes into the set and just said um just did the sort of you know like you know cut the neck off line sort of like finish it now don't worry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh it was horrendous they were just all talking you know and it, it it did hurt me but i just was like well my attitude to it is that well i have to find a way of making that work because it, it can't mm. be impossible and it can't be the hardest thing ever yeah. um so you know mentally i did find it challenging but also i i let it uh, i i just meant oh, well i'm gonna work harder to find a way to make it work yeah
0: so you mentioned the Edinburgh Fringe mm. a while back and you're going on tour yes. this autumn with House of Faces, yep. I believe. So I think the last time I saw you at the Fringe was 2016 in the Pleasance Dome with uh, Judy Dench, Break My Heart. I don't think yes. I saw you last year. But, right, um, yes. You're talking about meditating before the show. How, so you've done a couple of Edinburgh's now? or is it? I
1: have done five Edinburgh's now. Yeah. yeah, with four shows. Mm.
0: And in terms of... How it affects you is it? Is it ever a lot of comedians are affected uh, quite adversely psychologically up there? Have you yeah. managed to maintain an equilibrium up there, or have you have you ever struggled up there? It's I think
1: it's I think it's not impossible to keep to keep a perfect equilibrium in Edinburgh because mm. it is so knackering. Yeah, you know, emotionally and physically. Yeah, um, I think you know. I remember my first year was amazing and i was in a very small venue it was like 49 seater and you know it ended up the whole run ended up being sold out very quickly um and the reviews were good and there was lots of you know rumblings about nominations and that was an incredible exciting year and you do feel pretty untouchable mm. um but also I was quite young i was only 26 at the time and i didn't really know kind of what the comedy scene even meant at that time so i think going up Two or three years later, I started to learn. Oh, I want that every year, mm. you know. And it's only taken me until this last show, really, where I stopped wanting to be nominated <laughs> and started realizing that you know there's lots of other aspects to Edinburgh. And and, and genuinely, I treat it as a way to get better. Mm. You know, every year I'm I'm feel very lucky that I get a good audience. Now I have a nice following in Edinburgh. Um, I know that. You know, but my pressure I put on myself is to do a good show. And if I've written a good show, I know it will sell and I know I'll have a, a, a good time. Oh. Um, but it's very tiring. I think, you know, the bits in your show that aren't good enough. <laughs> and there'll always be those bits uh, for me anyway, I think, um, because you're writing up until, you know, the first night. Yeah. Um, and, I and, you know, at the moment I'm writing a show for next year And I'd love to be ready in January, and I hope I am. And maybe that will be different for my uh, mentality when I'm up in Edinburgh because the show will be ready to go. Mm. But who knows? Mm.
0: Yeah, I think Edinburgh, more than anywhere, has got to me, particularly over the last year or two, in Mm. terms of if there are personal issues going on in head. Often they can be going on, because it's every day, you have to perform that hour. If there's something going on, um you can be thinking about those things something can happen seconds before you go on stage has that ever happened to you in terms of something has happened and you've had to you've had to get it out of your system um yes uh i'm trying to think not to tell me the specifics of it but it's it's um it's hard isn't it
1: (laughs) of course it is i mean you know again i'm quite lucky in the fact that um every time i've done edinburgh I, you know, I've always been with my wife, you know, mm. so like, I mean, we've only been married a couple of years, but like, you know, been together for seven. So like any, uh, sorry, eight, sorry. So any time I've done Edinburgh, I've always sort of had that security of, yeah, you know, and also I live with my mother-in-law when I'm up in Edinburgh. Oh, great. Cause she's from Edinburgh. So, yeah. you know, I don't have to live with other comedians. Yeah. And as much as sometimes I feel like I'd quite like to do that, to yeah. experience that, but I think that probably helps. So you mentioned reviews a
0: few times. Mm. Um, do you look at reviews while you're in Edinburgh and generally? Oh,
1: you know that sounds painful already. Well, it's such a difficult thing, reviews, isn't it? Because you, you know, it's very easy to say I don't read reviews, huh. and I've tried very hard. I think I'm, I think I managed the last two years to only read the good ones, and then huh. on the way home, read the bad ones, huh. and.
0: So somebody's feeding you the, the good yeah. ones. Yeah.
1: So I say to people, look, tell me the four stars and above. Yeah. And I don't even think that's healthy, but I know my ego and it needs fed. So, you know, that's probably what I've done. And I, and I you know, I've not had since my first year of Downton, a year of like four stars across the board mm. until this last year, where like two days in, I got a four stars in the Telegraph and I was absolutely bouncing off the walls. And I thought, great, this is the year I'm going to get another water wall review after review mm. and then no one else came and saw the show review wise mm. you know i think i had one i think i had one person i know oh that was the year before like you know so like you know really i didn't hear anything else like review wise so but i just had to go don't worry it's not about reviews it's concentrate on the fact that the show's going really mm. well and people are really enjoying it was and, that hard to do yeah yeah. because you, the trouble is is you look at other people's posters because mm. they're everywhere and you see four stars, four stars, four stars and you don't even look at where they're from you're just like I want that, I want that mm. and it doesn't mean anything mm. but you think it does when you're in Edinburgh mm. and actually I'm not doing Edinburgh this year for the first time in six years and it is so interesting how you forget how you realise how that stuff just doesn't matter mm. you know I'm doing a lot I'm having a lot more time to do online stuff that I've wanted to do last year that I couldn't do. Mm. And that is having far more traction uh, and far more joy than... Well, they work in different ways, but I know that I'm not completely missing out by not doing Edinburgh. Yeah. You know? And and I'm not like going, oh, thank God I'm not doing Edinburgh, I'll never do that ever again because I'll just do online stuff. But I started online. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being online again now and, and I'm going on tour anyway. Mm. Uh, but it is nice not to have that pressure of what's going to happen when Edinburgh, who, yeah. who are the shows to look out for, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. It's
0: interesting you say it doesn't matter because I've done Edinburgh as many times as you and you try and convince yourself it doesn't matter. But of course, it matters at the time, doesn't it? It's, mm. And I'm still trying to learn, again, in my mind and psychologically how mm. to deal with this in, in terms of, you know afterwards it doesn't matter, you know yeah. before it doesn't matter. Yeah. When you're in it, you think it, it just builds and builds, doesn't it, in terms of how much it matters to you.
1: I, I don't know the People's answer opinions. to that. Mm. You know, I... I was having a really good year this year and then I saw someone that was having a lot better year and I remember it getting to me badly and going, oh, why am I not having their year? Oh. I didn't expect them to have that year. Why are they having that year? And again, it doesn't matter. And also, we're all different um, and we're all capable of doing different things, but it's hard. Oh. Um And I don't know the answer. I think, Do you know what? I think the answer is to not beat yourself up and think you're a terrible person for thinking thoughts. You know, we all think those thoughts. They're all parts of us. We've all got narcissistic sides of us. It's just don't let that make you be unpleasant to other people. Mm. Still be lovely to everyone. Still be supportive to everyone. Um, There are a few people out there within the comedy circuit that are incredibly supportive and lovely and seem to not be affected by any of those things. But I bet you they are. Um, so just don't beat yourself up, I think is, is the advice yeah great. that i 'm giving to myself in a way
0: <laughs>
1: yeah okay great
0: and as you're, as you 're following builds, and as you say you 've done a, quite a bit of TV recently and you 've got you know many thousands of twitter followers you've mm. got you've got I guess a lot more potential for those reviews to come out on twitter do you have, uh, do you have much of that in terms of people giving their opinions to you directly
1: Oh yeah mm. Uh, but not, you know, with the live stuff, I would say they're 90, 99% very positive with oh. uh, with the live stuff. Because I think once someone's bought a ticket and come to see your show, for to then tweet you and go, oh, well, that was shit. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's not those, so it many does of happen. those people out there. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you will get, rev- I get reviews online that are like free stars and then they tweet at you. And, uh, oh. like, or, and it's like... A horrible um, opening sentence about the show, yeah, which I can't remember. But they, I've seen them, and they at me, and I'm like, I've replied, I think once or twice. And why have you at me in this? Yeah, why did you? What? What? What was your intention? So yeah. I retweeted you because why am I going to retweet a bad review? Oh, uh. uh, maybe I'll reply to you, but like also it's like I don't know. So I don't really get the psychology of that. Yes, I do see reviews sometimes, but I think often the better reviewers won't. At you, whether it's good or bad, mm. you know. Usually, you just get them sent to you by your producer or PR or whatever, you know. Yeah. And generally, as your following builds, as your fame builds,
0: really from having done TV recently, mm. do you find that more pressure, less pressure, generally? Um, yeah. Um, I, I do you def- enjoy?
1: Are you enjoying becoming a little bit more famous? Mm, I don't. I mean, I never. I never know. I always feel like I'm, I'm not at all. Mm. So, you know, like I've recently done a couple of panel shows that are coming out. One was out last night and one's coming out in a few weeks' time. And I just sort of feel like... It's different. I did a show called The Imitation Game, which was just impressionist. So I felt I earned my place on that. Mm. But with... Um, just when you're on a show because you're a f- famous person, I feel like I'm not famous. So I don't... I feel inadequate in that situation and it's hard to relax and just be funny. Because you go, I shouldn't be here, you know, and, and I was chatting to my mate about it this morning. He was just like, you just can't do that. You know, you just got to go and be yourself. And I, and I feel like I am once I'm in the moment, but I do have moments of what you're doing here.
0: Yeah. You shouldn't
1: be on here. Um, and I think the pressure is also to keep up the standard. I know there was times, on, you know, I did Big Brother's bit on the side for three years. And I know there were some shows that I didn't put as much work in as I should have done. Oh. Um, and that's because I became complacent and then I'd do an okay job and come away and go luckily I had the sort of support because I'd been doing it for a while but I knew in myself that I'd not, I'd not kept up the standard
0: oh.
1: um, and so you have a duty once you've been successful to keep being successful oh. but then go and do, a, go and do an, um, uh, an, a low pressure gig which is new material and go and enjoy yourself, and and write new stuff. But then I also don't believe in. I'm not the kind of comedian that can go to a new material gig with um, some bullet points, and I'm just going to discuss these bullet points because that's not me. And also, like, you know, coming from a theatrical background, that's just not how you do it. Oh. You write something, you rehearse it, you try it. It might not work, but I know. How am I going to know if something's going to work unless I've worked on it? You know, I did a gig la uh, a couple of weeks ago in the Isle of Man, and it was with Jarlath Regan and um chris ramsey and i was felt a little bit like these guys are way ahead of me um you know these are famous guys and so i was going on i was opening really for chris ramsey i was doing uh, 20 minutes before chris was doing 40 and i didn't have a very good gig um a few things were against me it was a corporate sort of setting. There was music playing in the background, blah, 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 blah. But I also didn't connect with the audience very well. I got into myself. It wasn't a good gig. But I, And I came off and Jarlath and um, Chris was so supportive and made me feel better instantly and oh. was so sort of like they have been in the game 10 years longer than me and could just give me the advice to make me not feel awful about it. Oh. And, you, of course, your initial reaction is you want to go, um i'm usually better than that oh you know you 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 know because chris is not i've worked with chris a few times but he'd not seen me do live comedy so i was like oh no man that's 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 not me and you know and he was like honestly mate it's not as bad as you think and don't worry about it and like do you not think we've all been through that um and so i felt like such a warmth from both of those guys who made me not uh feel really really down about it oh that's great. Do you think?
0: Do you think that's changed over recent months or years in terms of there's you see things online more in terms of your psychological well being. Do you think that's changing at all in the comedy industry that people are putting more of a focus on that in terms of a little bit more care of each other.
1: I don't know if that's true because of what I've seen online. Uh, because of the sort of publicity around mental health, mm. I think it should be. Um, you and you think, I think. Do you think possibly it's. There's a little bit of lip
0: service, a little bit of um is it really happening? Are we really uh, care sorry to interrupt you there, but this no, is no. I'm giving you my thoughts or yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. Of like you see a lot online in terms of we should be doing this, are we doing this though? Are yeah. we caring about each other?
1: I think it was interesting, I was chatting to I'm name dropping like a motherfucker here, but like <laughs> it was I was gigging with Rob Beckett the other day oh. and Rob Who? was like uh, yeah, exactly. I was gigging with Rebecca the other day and he was doing new material, not new material, but material for his tour that was newish And he was in half an hour and I was like, I was like, have a good gig, mate. And uh, and he was like, he goes, you know, well, there'll be some of it that I think I'm the best comedian in the world and there'll be some of it that'll make me want to quit. And I was like, oh man, I can't believe you think like that. And he was like, oh, of course I do. And and I was like, that's interesting. is because I think that we all need to learn that we all have those feelings of if you have a bad gig, you think oh, I need to quit forever. And then, if you have a good gig, you think that you can do any comedy show ever. And some people are like, you shouldn't listen to either of those. But I'm like, well, when you do a good gig and you feel amazing, why not enjoy that? Yeah, You know, that's a nice feeling. Like, surely that's the reason you do it. You know, to come off and go, no, I'm not going to listen to that. It was just the same as any other gig. I'm like, nah. If you have a good gig, ride on it, enjoy it. Mm. feel the confidence from that and 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 you know and if you have a bad gig you know if you've gone wrong you know if there's something that you've done wrong and listen to that but the yeah. rest of it you know it's sometimes out of your control sometimes an audience member all sorts of things mm. great well um
0: if I was to psychoanalyze you at the end of this interview it would be pretty simple in terms of I just think you're a really well balanced and happy person and uh, do you think that flies in the kind of face of kind of an a uh, other comedians on the circuit? Do you find yourself in the minority there? Do you think I'm a really well-balanced guy here? I'm maybe in the minority here.
1: I think I, think I probably come across more well-balanced than I am. I, I, I think that... Don't say that at the end of the interview. Yeah, right? no, no, exactly. Let's reveal your dark side. Right I know, yeah. Well, I, I you know, look, two weeks ago, I was sat on this couch oh. saying to my wife that I think I want to give up, <laughs> you know, and she's going to me, you're being ridiculous, all my mates are like, you're utterly ridiculous, I'm like, nah, I think I've had my chance, you know, I had a show on, on uh, I did a show called Luke Kempner's Impression of 2015, that was on ITV, and uh, it didn't go great, you know, I thought that was my, my own show, my big break, I was 26, happy days, here we go, but it wasn't that case, hmm. and, and I suddenly, two weeks ago, I was going, oh, it's the end, and then in those two weeks, it's been really busy, and it's been great, so... So what happened to preempt that, what happened to cause that feeling? Well, Arsenal lost the Europa League final, (laughs) so that didn't help. And just, it had been a bit quiet. And the thing is, is that when it's quiet, you think, no one's talking about me, no one cares, that's it, that's the end. Quiet as in TV opportunities? As in everything. Right, okay. As in everything. So, you know, and you just think, well, what can I do? And it's hard to get, and that's not a real, it's not a rational feeling. Mm. But being able to look at it and go, I'm not being rational right now, is half the battle. Yeah. Um, So I'd say that's where I think I do have an advantage is because I can look at the things and go, I'm not being rational right now. Yeah. Well, I don't know if everyone can. Um, And I think in the face of everyone else in the comedy industry, I think there's, you know, there are people that are very level-headed, but usually they work in improv and usually (laughs) help you a lot. Um, But there are a lot of comedians that are a bit awkward and all the rest of it, but that's fine as well. Yeah. Um, You you
0: say at that moment where you had that feeling a couple of weeks ago that your wife said something to you is that something you think uh you can get out of those things alone or do you rely on your wife to a certain extent to get you out of those situations she can help she and
1: she helps a lot um uh, but you have to do the work yourself you have to work on yourself Mm. um and also if all you're doing is i think it's good to talk to people about how you're feeling but i think you know, we've all got lives, we've all got stuff we're not happy with. Um, so I think it's okay to talk about it, but I think eventually you've got to do the work on yourself. Mm. And I did that, you know, and I thought, well, I can concentrate on these opportunities and work towards those mm. um, and learn the stuff you should be grateful for. Mm. You know, I think doing gratitude about things is a very, very good way of making yourself feel more positive again.
0: Yeah. But I, mean, I just personally find that right at the end of the, the interview remarkable I mean I know you well mm. and I've seen you know I've seen all the things you've done recently as you talked about big brother the imitation game mm. and murdering successful and yeah, yeah. all the live gigs that I've seen you at storming and uh I look at you and for e- uh, I say probably to you, as you look at Rob Beckett in terms of like, wow, you have those feelings as mm, well. Mm. And I think that's going to be powerful
1: to anyone listening to this yeah. in terms of whatever level you are, you're going to
0: have those feelings. Well, I think,
1: you know, I remember listening to James Acaster's interview with um, on the you know, Stuart Stu Goldsmith, yeah. and he was saying similar things yeah. about doubting yourself. And I had that moment of, what? <laughs> James Acaster goes through that. Mm. And, and James Acaster had a breakthrough in his comedy of how he... Because I, I worried for a long time, and I still get these worries of, I don't know what my style is on stage. Mm. And I feel like I'm starting to find that. And I heard James talking about how he'd not found that, and then he did. And I was like, it just gives you strength to know that these other people go... You know, people who you look up to go through that kind of thing. Mm. That's incredible, man. Lovely. I think...
0: That is the end of our time here. Thanks, buddy. Can thank- I look at you now? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> you can. You can uh, glance at me out <laughs> the corner of glance, your eye. Yeah, a little But glance. just let me say thank you so much, Luke. Long may your uh, rise continue. Thanks, and Matt. never feel like you did two weeks ago and uh, <laughs> go through with it in terms of giving up. That would be an awful thing. Thank you so much. So Thanks, buddy. that is our show for today. Join us again next week for more Psycomedy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify UK or wherever you get your podcasts if you liked it please give us a five star review it helps other people to find us and only psychopaths leave one star reviews Psycomedy was written and presented by me Nathan Cassidy BSC in psychology and produced and edited by Mike Hanson BA English for Pod People Productions theme music by Mike as well follow us on social media at Pod People UK at Psycomedy Pod at Nathan Cassidy and at Luke Kempner thanks so much again Luke That was great, lots of love and see you again next week.